All right. Well, again, good morning. Welcome to Hope Lower Town. Those of you who don't know me, my name is Brian, uh, lead pastor here at Lower Town, and really, really excited about this. When you every every year, every January, we take a couple weeks to talk uh, vision for the next year. And normally, it, it it's hard, it's hard to kind of say, okay, well, what specific thing uh, this year do we want to talk about? Are we are we talking about the same thing we talked about last year? Are we is this a new vision? What's going on? Um, and what's exciting about this sermon, or if we can call it a sermon, but this this chat with you this morning, as we look at vision for 2024, is I have no idea what the vision of Hope 20, of Hope Lower Town is. And so that is why what is inspiring the meeting uh, afterwards, and we will uh, continue going that direction. And so obviously I have, I have ideas, don't, don't get me wrong. I have plenty of ideas uh, where we're going and what we're doing, but um, I wanna get your input, which I will talk a lot about in just a minute. So again, last week, Paul, he kind of, he was still kind of doing a Christmas thing. Um, and so, but he, he kind of recapped uh, the past year, which I'll, I'll, I'll talk about in just a minute. As well, and then next week we'll be in Romans chapter nine, uh, which is technically sermon I think thirty-seven, I think of Romans. So we're going to be picking back up in Romans, which is really, really, uh, I think, very pertinent. Uh, the Apostle Paul is going to bring up Israel, uh, and so it's like, okay, well, what what is Paul? How do, what's his view of the nation of Israel? Uh, very interesting. We'll actually look at that at the end with what Jesus has to say in Acts chapter one, which is what we're going to be looking at a little bit this morning. So if you're checking out hope. You're checking out Christianity. You're like, man, I just want to get back in the Word. Um, that's great. Uh, you're like, I just want to walk through a book of the Bible with a, with a church. Like, you, great. You found the right church. You just came in on the wrong week. Okay. Uh, so we will normally do that. Uh, like I said, picking up next week. But this week, we're going to be uh, really just kind of looking at the year. Uh, a little bit of a recap, but then also looking forward into the future. Um, and so, yeah, really, really looking forward to this. So, um, let's just jump into this. So Hope Lower Town, this, this is who we are. That's the name of our church, Hope Community Church slash Lower Town. We are uh, one of three locations. Uh, we have Hope Community Church downtown, uh, started by Steve Treichler, who is actually in the house this morning. And so thankful for him and his mentorship and leadership. Um, and then also Columbia Heights that just started in, in 2020. Good time to start a church. Uh, had we known, probably would have maybe waited. But hey, they're still around and they're doing well. And so thankful for Columbia Heights. Um, and so that's who we are. Uh, but that's a very general thing. And so we're trying to answer the question specifically, who are we? Who are we as a church? Who is Hope Lower Town, right? If I had to give you a card and say, hey, what, what, what kind of church are we? What describes us? What, what, what's our pa- what are we passionate about? We'd probably have, oh, what was that? Did anyone see that? Oh, it's just a fly. You know what I thought? I, you know what? I thought it was a bat further away. That's what I thought it was. <sighs> I'm good. I thought it was a demon. Just kidding. All right. Get away, Satan. Okay. Um, Okay, so who are we? And so that's what we're going to be looking at, right? We're we're obviously a church. We meet in this space. This space is not us. It's not the church. We we rent. First Baptist said, hey, here's your two-week notice. You're out in two weeks. Uh, We're still a church. Uh, We'd find some other place to meet, and it wouldn't be a big deal. Uh, It would be hard. It'd be sad, sure. Uh, but we uh, are a church that meets in this space. And so we've, we've used this idea for quite a while, uh, that Hope Community Church, that we are a, a gospel community on mission. And so I just kind of want to walk through these three aspects of who we are as a church. And so looking at, we are 
um, gospel-centered, uh, that every week we're going to open the, the, a passage of Scripture, we're going to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ, that this is the good news of Jesus, that he has set us free from sin and death, and that we can be free in Christ. That every week, right, you've been coming here, if you've been coming to Lower Town since we started for six and a half years, you're going to go, wow, every week you have a gospel application, and it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. That's right, because we need the gospel continually beaten to our heads every week. And so we need this. And so uh, a gentleman by the name of Mark Dever in his book, The Church, The Gospel Made Visible, he, he said this about the church, that the church is the body of people called by God's grace through faith in Christ to glorify him together by serving him in this world. And that's very general, right? That's a very just general definition of, of the church. Right? But we would say that we are, we are gospel and we're community on mission. We have to have all three of those things uh, because we, we might have gospel relationships. We might be gospel-centered on our own. My wife and I are not a church. Right? We don't make up a church just because we're gospel-centered. Uh, we might be a community, right? I might have friends. I might, I might have uh, coworkers that we, we do something together on, on mission, right? But th- that's not a church, Right? And so we could look at what really makes up a church, and I've spent many sermons talking about that, and so we're not going to necessarily dig into what is and what makes up a church, but I would say that we are a gospel community on mission, that we are gospel-centered, but we are a community on mission. And so last year, this is actually a slide I took, I went back to the, my PowerPoint from, from January of 23, and, and I had this in there, that we're not just uh, it's not just what a church can do for you and how to meet your needs. There are definitely times and seasons of our life where we can say, man, I really need the church. I need help from you. I need community from you. I need the gospel to be poured into me. Uh, I need all these things. I need you, I need the church to be on mission to me right now, right? I, I need the church. That, that's very true, but that should be a season. Uh, because eventually we're going to get to, but how can we help each other while helping others who aren't part of the community? And so we, last year, really focused on community, which I'll get to in just a minute. But specifically with our church, and I've shared this a, a lot, and, I, and even going back to last year's uh, sermon and the, and the PowerPoint, I had all the, I, le- I went and had a picture of all the governance team and the elders and everything, right? I'm not going to necessarily do that, but we are governance team supported, uh, that we have men and women that are, that are incredibly gifted, that, that really help with the financial side and the big uh, overarching vision and mission of the church that's so good. And we have a governance team to oversee all three of our locations. And, and something that's in the works is maybe that we're going to have some local uh, governance teams, but I'll be talking a little bit more about that in the future. But then we're elder-led, and so we have uh, Paul and myself, and then we recently added Ben Jones, that we are elder-led, that we care and are guiding spiritually, that the elders take care of our, 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 uh, our vision as far as our, our uh, doctrine and our theology, and that we are unified in that as we move forward. But then we would say we're staff-run. And we do, the staff does a lot of things, right, behind the scenes. Um, it's interesting, though, with Lower Town, because when it comes to staff, currently, I am the only staff member, okay? So, so it doesn't mean I do everything, right? That's not what that means. Uh, we have a lot of uh, different, uh, we are very highly, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, Volunteer, well, there's the word, really high volunteer engagement, right? So many of you, almost every single person in this room volunteers in some way, shape, or form. And if you don't, maybe consider how could you help the church, right? Uh, Because we have this idea that we've used now for some time of member 
member mobilized. And I love that idea of being a member mobilized. There's a, a TV show that Angel and I, we, we kind of got into it for a little while and we haven't watched it in a long time, but it's called New Amsterdam. It's, it's just a standard, typical doctor show. There's so many hospital doctor shows. I don't know why there is. And I don't remember any, I don't remember this guy's name, but he is the, he's this new president of a, a hospital in New York City called New Amsterdam. It's a free hospital. Um, anyone can go. They don't need insurance or anything. That's actually a real thing. I didn't know that existed. That's true. And so he's this new president. And he gets all the staff together and he's like, hey, who's got ideas? Who's, who wants to do something? And the psychiatrist raises his hand. And he's like, can we get some healthy food in here, right? And he's like, done, right? Like, let's do it, right? And his whole thing, anytime anyone asks him a question, he says in his response, every single time is, how can I help? How can I help? right? And then it, and it starts to take over. It just, it just takes over his staff. And so when people come to him, they immediately say, what, how can I help? What can I do to help? That's what Member Mobilized is. Member Mobilized is not you coming to me saying, hey, I have this idea of this new thing we should do. Brian, you should do it, right? My response is always going to be, and it should be, and it has been for the last six and a half years, how can I help? Right? What, what can I do as your pastor, as an elder, as a staff person, whatever, to be able to say, how can I help you with your vision, your passion, your desire in that? And so if you ever like, man, I really want to do this thing. I want to start this thing. I want to, I have this passion. Um, Brian at hopecc.com. You can spell it with an I or a Y. I is correct. I will get them both, <laughs> right? You have an idea. Just say, man, I, I want to, I'm passionate about this thing. I want to, maybe, maybe we should, we should, and then let's, let's talk about it. Okay. doesn't mean we're going to do everything. It uh, doesn't mean we're going to, we're going to automatically just start doing all the different things. Right. But that's the idea. How can I help? Okay. Um, okay. Let's look at community. Um, and so when we, when we look at community over the past year in 2023, um, and I want to just look at 2023 in, in review again. Paul did this uh, last week, so I'm not going to spend as much time as he did on it. But again, we went through uh, Romans 1 through 8. We'll be kicking off 9 next week. Uh, we did uh, not just another story of looking at the Bible and different uh, parables that Jesus taught. That is, there's something else going on here. Uh, not that we have some insight or mysterious, mysterious, yeah, sure, um, mystic, mysterious insight. You know, we, 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 those other people, they don't understand. These churches, they never understand. We get it. That wasn't the case at all. Uh, but just looking at Jesus sharing some deeper meaning of his parables. We looked at all these different things that we did. Uh, men's night, men's breakfast, Nolan hosting those uh, men's fire pit nights, men's retreat. Uh, we had the women's uh, retreat. Um, and uh, what was that other one? What is that? Women's of Hope Lower Town. What is that? Oh, brunch. Brunch and Bible study, right? And, and we don't have everything on here, but there's a lot of different events, whether they were formally through Hope Lower Town or just people inviting people over. It could have been a, 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 a New Year's Eve thing or a Christmas party or whatever. That's not a Hope Lower Town thing, but we were doing community. We wanted to really focus 2023 on building our, our community and, and really just getting to know each other better so that 2024, when we say, hey, we want to go do this thing, we want to be on mission now, that we're united already, and now we can go forward together. And I, and I think we've achieved that. Uh, we did the smash burgers, we did baby dedications multiple times, we had a church picnic, which we annually do at Lake Owasso, we had a couple baptisms there, we added six members, um, we did the Marydale Festival, which was a lot of fun, um, and uh, we had new dads, baby showers, all these different things that are, that are, that were uh, with, that 
come with that. Uh, we had 83 uh, meals that were given out just through, just just out, like formally, not not informally, um, and, and not just for babies. We had other reasons that we had meals that we cared for each other, right? And loved one another. What a, what a great way to care for somebody who's in need. And I think, and I was actually looking at Paul, I copied and pasted his his uh, PowerPoint in and, I, and his notes were still in there. And he said that we had a hard time filling out nine meals in March of 2021. And I was like, who's, I was like, oh, that's my, that was my, my kid. I was like, I don't remember, I don't remember it being a problem. You all did great. Uh, but recently though, getting 17 or 18 meals on the, for, for more recently, that's, that's fantastic. Um, so thank you, those of you who are involved in that. We had LDI classes. These are just the ones where uh, lower towners were, were involved in and attended. And so uh, we have plenty of classes that we're going to be doing. And Paul and I and Ben and I, I mean, talking about how can we can we do anything more more local here that doesn't have to necessarily be uh, always at our downtown location, um, and then uh, small groups. And so I think Paul Paul put a picture of all the little kids. I think the story here he probably told it last week, but Chase wanted a carrot, and then all the kids wanted carrots, right? So he gave everyone a. A carrot. Um, our small groups we have four of them going right now, and, and really, really love uh, the relationships that happen in small group. Uh, the Bible study, the accountability. Um, really, really enjoy those relationships of community. Talked about serving. We've got 26 um, regular attending children, uh, which is a lot. And and I and I was about to say it's six and under, but they've aged up, so now it's seven and under. Uh, 26 regular attenders that are seven and under. Um, that is a mission field. <laughs> All right, that, those are people who don't know Jesus, right? They might know about Jesus, um, but they don't know him. They don't worship him as king. And what, a, what an amazing opportunity to be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ to, to littles. Um, we added Ben Jones. Uh, these were all pictures of him online, I heard. So we're not trying to make fun of Ben. Um, we love Ben, but these were the images that he put out for the world. And so I think Paul thought it's good enough for us too, right? So uh, anyways, really, really thankful for Ben. He is, uh, man, I, I have been so blessed by Ben. I'll just say this. Um, he is uh, way more organized than I am, <laughs> to say the least. And so it has really been helpful for him to be like, hey, we should have a meeting. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, we should do that. Uh, right? uh, it's really been, really been great. He's been, he's been such a, a blessing already just in the few months that he's been uh, officially an elder. Uh, we had Christmas Eve service here, which was so much fun. Um, really enjoyed being able to do that. And then obviously there's so many things, so many things that weren't an official Hope community thing. Uh, we just did it spontaneously, inviting people over for meals, go watching football games together, whatever it may be. Um, and then is the Vikings game tomorrow or are they today? I don't, I don't remember. I'm sorry. I don't remember. Was that yesterday? Or yesterday? I don't remember. All right. Finally, and this is the main, main point of this morning, is that we are um, on mission. Right, uh, and we can we could talk about this all day. Right, gospel. I think we get. Hey, yeah, we're a church. We're gospel centered. We're about Jesus. We want to see Jesus go forward. We want to go into the kingdom of darkness and trash the joint. We want to do that. Right. We 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 love community. We love each other. We want to welcome new people in. We're, we're a community that is gospel centered, but we're on mission. Well, what in the world does that mean? What does it mean that we're on mission? Right. No clue. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. We're a gospel community. On mission. So, uh, I quoted this a while back, but there's a book called Total Church, and uh, Tim Chester, he's an author, he wrote this, when your aim is community, you almost never get community. 
When your aim is mission, you almost always get community, right? And so last year we looked at community and we wanted to really focus on, on getting to know each other, really loving one another, caring for one another. And we did that well, but, but sometimes when you only focus on community, you just don't, we don't get it, right? Well, we're just hanging out to hang out. I don't even like this person, right? If it wasn't that that person went to my church, I would never hang out with them, right? Okay, great. But if we do something on mission, if we do something arm in arm and we go forward, that's when you get community. We, we've all done it. Maybe when you went to camp when you were a kid and you had to build a fire, right? And you're, those people that you did that with, you just, ah, yeah, we're blood brothers. We'll remember each other forever, right? I don't know, right? But there's something about doing something on mission that you really, you really make a bond, right? And, that, and that's, that's the principle. That's the idea. Back in 2010, uh, I was uh, 24, and I was a new pastor, college pastor in Normal, Illinois, and uh, Calvary Baptist Church, a larger church in, the, in that area, and um, I had no idea what I was doing. I was young, I was arrogant, and I knew everything, <laughs> even though I knew nothing, right? Uh, I was in seminary at the time, and I remember... In particular, we were at a point at the church where we needed to come up with a new vision. We were, we were really struggling. And the administrative pastor, who was much older and wiser than me, uh, although at the time I thought he was a complete moron uh, and, and spiritually immature and fill in the blank, right? Uh, he said, hey, I've got an idea. How about we do this well, kind of a family meeting and we do a little survey and we kind of pull like, what, what are, where are people at? We want to feel them out. And I remember getting mad. And I, and I remember quoting uh, this passage to him. In John chapter 10, it says, the Jews who were gathered together around him saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe the works I do in my father's name testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And I remember reading that passage to him and I said, where, anywhere in the Bible, do we ever see a shepherd saying, hey, sheep, where should we go today? Right? I said, we lead, right? We lead by example, right? We don't, we don't follow the sheep, right? And, and this was actually an image that was really hard to find, was a shepherd behind his sheep. I had to really dig for this, right? This was not, and a couple of them are goats, um, so whatever, um, which, whatever. Anyways, you've got, you've got this shepherd, right? Hey, actually, is he walking away? No, no. Oh, he might actually still be, I can't tell. It doesn't matter. Either way, uh, I was like, hey, we, we lead. We lead by example. We, we, we storm right the hill and they, and they follow, right? That, that was my idea. And now, uh, 13 years later, I have completely changed my attitude on listening. Um, and one of the big reasons for that, first and foremost, is I too am a sheep. Uh, I am not the chief shepherd. Uh, I, I don't have all the answers, but I, I worship the one who does have all the answers. And I'm in this with you, right? I'm shoulder to shoulder with you uh, when it comes to this. And, and so, um, and that's, that's what's leading to this, this family uh, meeting. Um, and so a big, a big part of this is, is what, what can, a problem with just saying, hey, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead and I'm only ever gonna lead. I don't care what you think. Right? It's like saying, hey, there's this big hay field over here. Follow me to this hay field. And then the sheep are like, the majority of us actually live closer to this alfalfa field. And we actually prefer alfalfa over hay. But then I'm like, yeah, but, but I really want to get rid of this hay. 
You know what I mean? We, we got to rid the world of hay. So I need you to get it right. And, and by leading and enforcing something that isn't the vision and values of the majority of the people. And that causes problems and tension and strife and, and contention and usually not a good outcome when we try to force something. So every uh, few years, the elders, all the elders of the church, we uh, go and we look at Ezekiel chapter 34. And I started to kind of put a couple of these verses in here. And I was like, man, it's too good. I got I to gotta read this. And yet these are heavy verses. Um, if any of you are aspiring to, to desire to be an elder, um, you might read these verses and then rethink. Uh, these are heavy. These are intense uh, words from the Lord against the shepherds of his people, of the shepherds of Israel. And yet they are incredibly convicting. And, and one of the, again, I already mentioned it, but first and foremost, I, I too am a sheep. And so what can I learn? And as we follow the great shepherd, and so Ezekiel 34 says this, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool and the slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally so that they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth and no one searched or looked for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd and has been plundered and has become food for all the wild animals. And because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and I will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds will no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. This is what the sovereign Lord says. And this is the good news. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them as a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when I am with them. So I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from the places where they are scattered all the day um, of the, in the clouds of darkness. And I will bring them out of the nations and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them in the mountains of Israel, in the ravines, and in all the settlements of the land. I will tend them in good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land and they will lie down in good grazing land and they will feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend the sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the, uh, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. And that hopefully is what we are on vision with as well. Even as a leader of this congregation, as a shepherd, an under-shepherd of this congregation, that I would be in tune with what the great shepherd and the great chief, the shepherd, has to say about us. That is the goal. Which leads us then to vision. What is vision? Obviously, it's the idea of, of just being able to see, but in this context, it's the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. 
The vision statement of Hope Community Church broadly is to honor God by helping as many people as possible become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. That is a fantastic vision statement. And yet, how do we do that? Right? In what ways are we doing that? Right? And gospel and community on mission. Okay, good. We were talking gospel. Hey, I think we're doing great. Community, we're doing better. We could do, obviously, we could do better on everything. We're doing, we're doing okay. But what's this mission thing? What are we moving forward to? What identifies us? Right? As we look at this general vision statement, and I, I showed this a couple years ago and, and last year, that if you imagine the church and the body of the people, the body of the church is, is, is the water rushing forward down a river. This is like a cross section of a river moving downstream. And you have the banks and the banks of the river guide it. They keep it where it needs to be going. So it's moving downstream. And on one bank, you have gospel, centrality, discipleship, and community. Gospel and community, right? That you have these things and say, yeah, man, we're, we, we've got that. And the other side of the bank that's helping us move forward is vision and culture. And we might get the culture. We might get Hope Community Church. We have these uh, stay uh, interviews that we, we call them at Hope. Uh, we recently started them a couple of years. We've been doing it now where HR will meet with all the staff and just say, why are you still at Hope <laughs> in, in essence, right? What's keeping you here? Why do you stay at Hope Community Church? And, and I thought, I thought my answers were confidential. Uh, and, and then uh, HR then put uh, together just some highlights uh, of these meetings that she was having with people. And, um, and in there, one of them said, I, I don't think I could preach anywhere else wearing a Taco Bell t-shirt. And I'm like, okay, clearly that was me. You know what I mean? Like, clearly that was Pastor Brian. Uh, right? So anyways, but maybe it could have been somebody else. I don't know who knows. Um, but when it comes, when it comes to this vision and culture, what, what's keeping us moving forward or what's driving us? Again, we have a little bit of culture. We have, I think we know who we are and you know, who I am and, and all that. I think we're pretty relaxed. We take the gospel seriously. We don't take ourselves seriously. We love each other. That's great. But what is the vision? All right. And so again, if I were to pass out three by five cards to everybody who's in here and say, I want you to write down who we are. Right. Well, uh, uh, I want you to uh, fill out what is the vision of Hope Lower Town. I think half of them would come back blank, and the other half, none of them would match up. That's just the truth, right? And, that, and that's that's a failure on my part, first and foremost. Um, and and because a couple of the questions that that are that ask, we talk about well, who are we? A couple of the questions are what are we passionate about, and then how do we measure that? How do we measure if we're succeeding in the thing that we are passionate about? And so if we go back to 2017, I've got 80 pages of documents casting vision for Hope Community Church before we started and right after we launched, and none of it fits anymore. I mean, hardly any of it. One is who are we committed to reach, and it was the neighborhood of Lower Town St. Paul. And that's still true, but by far the majority of us commute. We commute here. It was really hard for me to cast a vision that I wanted the, the phrase, remember, I wanted to make the gospel walkable, right? People work here, they play here, uh, they, they, they eat here, they don't, why not worship here? Let's walk. I know some of you walk and that's great. That's fantastic. I'm not abandoning Hope Lower Town, not at all. I love Hope Lower Town. I, I, I am passionate about the community and I'm passionate about the neighborhood. 
But when we look at who, who are we trying to reach, that was for sure the number one goal. We did uh, art crawls here, right? Turned this whole sanctuary uh, into an artist gallery. We had musicians and bands play here. Uh, I had meetup groups, if you remember that. It was called uh, God and Beer, and we met over at the Barrel Theory. Um, and I think I did it three times and it was wild. Uh, so I've got some crazy stories. Uh, and there was a reason why I only did it three times. <laughs> um, and we saw no fruit uh, from that. Uh, so that was, that was a good time. Um, we had uh, Creator's Cup that, that all unfortunately closed their doors. I was a member there. I taught classes there. Um, and, and it just, just didn't stick, right? Uh, we had uh, cleanup days, if you remember that. We tried brunch one time. That didn't work out too well. We did movie night uh, for the community here. Um, uh, only uh, lower towners came to that. Uh, we've hosted football games in the community, at least to watch games. We, we tried to do music in the park at Mears Park. Just to start, it just didn't work, right? It just didn't, it just didn't take. It just didn't stick for, for whatever reason, right? It wasn't from a lack of trying. The problem is, again, to go back to, to like, hey, no, I'm, I'm the shepherd. I'm leading. It was, I think it was because I was saying, hey, this hay is, is ripe. It's good to eat. You need to eat the hay. And, and a lot of us were going, uh, alfalfa's right here. You know what I mean? Like, I, why, why are we trying to push this agenda? And maybe that was the case, right? Uh, and then we have uh, the second point is how do we know if you're successful. And it was really easy to talk about that because it was, it's walkable. And I would stand outside and I would, and I would just see how many people are walking in and week after week I'd go, huh, I don't know if we're doing this well, right? I don't know if this is as successful as I thought it would be being a neighborhood church. And so things then needed to change. And when we talk about mission, we talk about partner ministries. Again, partner ministries, we have struck out way more than three times, right? We, we, we have tried. It's not from a lack of trying, and it's not, not necessarily all their fault or our fault. It just hasn't worked. If, if those of you, the OGs, remember the family place, a homeless ministry right here in the building, and that was good for about two months until they got kicked out, right? And there was it just all these different things that we've tried and tried and tried just doesn't gain traction for, for any number of reasons. And so, Again, we can go back and look at 2017 and 23. If you remember, we started in the evening. We had a night service, started at six o'clock until about 2018 mid, and then we switched to the morning service, the time that we have now. Uh, we, we really changed a lot with worship. We used to do this thing, if you remember this, uh, we said, hey, we're, we're like this as a location. We do a lot of things uh, exactly like uh, Hope Downtown, but as time goes on, we're gonna, we're gonna start to do this. Yeah, we're gonna spread a little bit and become a little bit more independent. And as we did that, that was great, there were some growing pains, right? There's some stretch marks, if you will, uh, in, in doing that. Um, and, and, it, and it hurt, and yet it was good and healthy. And then, and then COVID happened, right? Just as I felt like we were coming into our own, COVID happens. Remember the COVID thing? Anyone remember that? Uh, really, it was wild, right? It was a wild time. And, and, it was, and nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew what to do or how to do it and all the different things. And everyone was mad, everyone. Everyone was upset with everybody, right? And then, and then we get back to normal. And then we get back to normal and it's like, oh wow, we actually are back to normal. And then unfortunately, uh, as, just as a leader, it's like, okay, we're getting back, we're, good, we're doing things, but what are we doing it? What are we doing this? What are we, what are we uh, uh, taking all of our energies and pushing it toward, right? And so then as we do that, and as that the whole point of today is that we need a collective unified vision. Uh, we are back to normal. We have volunteers back leading us everything. Um, that we have, uh, uh, our giving is right where it should be, all different things, right? We're, we're, we're back to normal. 
but so, so now how do we go on mission together, right? And, and what is that mission that we want to go on um, together? One uh, proverb, an indictment, if you will, that has really stuck with me over the past few years has been Proverbs 29, uh, 18, just, just A. It says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. The King James Version uh, says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Right? Where there is no vision, people, people perish. They, they, they cast off restraint. Why? Right? And I spent way too much time trying to make this graphic. Okay? <laughs> this, yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. All right. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. So you have gospels and Charlie, discipleship, community, all these different things going, going on. Hey, that's our shoreline. We're good. But this vision and culture, what is going on? Who are we? And so what ends up happening, right, is like a, we just have, everyone goes their different ways. Hey, I'm really passionate about this thing. Great. How can I help? Go do that. Hey, I, I really like this thing. Cool. Go do it. Right? And, and we just spread thin out all over the place. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. But we can unify that. We can get on mission together and really, really push forward together. To further illustrate that, um, I love cooking shows, uh, which are really bad when you're trying to lose weight because you just have to eat uh, while you're watching people make delicious food. It's just, you have to. Um, it's part of it. Part of watching a show. It says, you need to eat food while watching the show. And uh, there's a show called Top Chef. Angela and I recently watched this. We didn't know until we were almost done with the show that it was like from 2018, but we were like super into it. And so we had to be careful not to like Google anything, like who won? Because um, we were really into it. And there was this Top Chef Denver or Top Chef Colorado. And we were watching this and there was this one episode that really, really impacted me, or at least it, it hit home. And I remember talking to Angela and I said, man, being, being a head chef is kind of a lot like being a pastor, which I'll, I'll explain in a minute. But what happened was there was, they were down to eight people and they split them up four and four and they had to come up with a, a concept for a restaurant, right? And, and one of the concepts was just, I forget what it was, uh, but it was a, a really good cohesive concept. The food all kind of flowed together, all these different things, the, 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 the styling of the restaurant and, and everything was, was great. The other group though, they had, they were, it was like called like uh, community together, something like that. And then, and it was like, like backyard community or something like that. And then the food though was like Michelin star, crazy food. It's like, that doesn't seem backyardish to me at all. And then nothing flowed. You'd have Southern food and Italian food and just, everyone just kind of did what they wanted to do. And there was no cohesion to any of it. And even though their food tasted better than the other group, the other two de destroyed this group. Why? Because they had a vision, a cohesion together, and they melded it, and they moved forward. This group, even though it might have been a better product, it just didn't land. And I think that could be necessarily, I think that speaks to us as a church to say, we want to be unified in this. It doesn't matter how great of any specific individual ministry we have. If we're not doing this together, then we're not working together the way that we ought to be. And where there is no vision, people perish. And so we want to be able to move that forward. A couple years ago, it was actually during COVID, um, I, was, uh, I learned about this, this woman, Carrie um, Lettasia, um, I think is how you say her name. And she uh, was, was giving a lecture, uh, Pastor Steve and, and Pastor Davis and I were in Wheaton College, and she was talking about this. And she, she just said, in times of stress, people need to move from isolation to intimacy, right? And this was, again, during COVID. Right, and she introduced me, or probably everybody, but uh, me specifically, this idea of hemoblind. 
or home blind. And it refers to that universal human truth that one never appreciates the things in one's own backyard, right? The grass is always greener. And what happens is after a couple of years of attending a church, you start looking at other churches and you go, boy, that church is killing it, right? And, they, and of course they are. There's a lot of churches that do a lot better than we do. But why are we here? Why? Because, because we're family, right? So, uh, which leads into this idea of, of family and this family meeting, right? We're not perfect. We are not the perfect church. We are not the best church that's ever existed in 2,025 years. It's not, it's not true. But we're a church. We're our church. We're family. But we're not family because we have some same ancestor uh, bloodline that goes back. We are family because of the blood of the lamb. We are family because the blood of the covenant. And there is an, a quote, right? Blood is thicker than water. It's a misquote of the real quote that says the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. That the relationships that we choose to be in covenant with one another is greater than that of ancestry. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb, which is why we call our membership covenant membership. This isn't just, hey, I'm in. Oh, hey, you know what? I'm not really feeling it anymore. I'm out. There's something deeper that's happening here relationally. And that's what brings us together. And that's what brings up this family meeting that we're going to be having here. And I want, we're going to be having a survey. I just want to know, hey, where, where are you at? Where do you live? Like actually, address. Um, and then and then just talking about, hey, what am I passionate about? What, what, here's what I think the church is doing well. Here's some weaknesses of the church. Whatever it may be, I just want to just talk, right? And I want to be able to do that. And you might say, man, it's my first time here. Uh, I don't know anything about this church. That's okay. Because you know what I'm a firm believer in is the priesthood of the believer. And the priesthood of the believer, and this is where I think being a uh, pastor is very equivalent to being a head chef. You could have a head chef, Michelin star chef. He's got three Michelin stars, right? And someone comes off the street, no training in the kitchen whatsoever, has never cooked anything other than popcorn in the microwave, and they might sit down and have a meal, and they might say to the waiter when they come back out or the server and say, you know what, it's actually a little salty. Can you tell the chef it's salty? And you know what the chef should do? Is go, wow, I'm really sorry it's salty. Right? Yeah, my, my bad. What can I do to, to, to remediate that or fix that? Right? And that's the priesthood of the believer. Like, oh man, I've got my degrees and I've been doing this forever. And someone new might walk in and say, yeah, but what about this? And I go, yeah, you know what? You're right. That's a good thing. That's what the church should be. And yet, when we talk about making complaints or things like that, this is not to be um, anonymous. I wanna, I wanna know who you are. I wanna, I wanna be able to, to have further discussion with you. Uh, when it comes to this. And, and so if, if, if we do this, if we imagine going to a Michelin star like Olive Garden, for example, right? When you're, when you're here, you're family, right? And you walk in and if you walk into that restaurant and you complain about the food, they might say, yeah, you know what? You're right. Uh, uh, I'm sorry about that. We forgot to microwave it long, as long as it should have been my bad. Um, and so, and, and whatever, right? Now we can make our complaints and what's, what's going to happen? They're going to say, yeah, we'll fix it. We'll take care of it. Here's a free meal next time you come, whatever. Here, here's an extra breadstick, right? But that's not the church. It's not just when you're here, you're family, right? You, we're, we're family. I tried to get an AI image of like a mom making a meal and everyone complaining about it. And this is what it made me really weird. But, but just, just imagine now with me. Imagine. Right, we just had Thanksgiving and Christmas. All that. Imagine you're sitting around the table with your mom or your grandma or your dad, whoever, whoever is the, the, the meal maker. 
the meal planner and you're sitting at the table and you, and you make a complaint. You say, you know what? This oregano tastes a little stale, right? Okay, what in that situation is your mom or your grandma gonna do? Is your mom or grandma gonna say, hey, here's a, here's a free meal ticket for the next time you come in. I'm so sorry about that, right? I will get it right next time. What are they gonna say? How about you cook it next time? right? How, how about you get here early enough to help me with this, right? That's a church family, right? A church family is, it's how can I help? Yes, but also, hey, I need you to help me in this process. And we need to be in this together. Before Jesus leaves his disciples, he actually gives them a vision statement. In Acts chapter 6, 1 through 8, he says this, and they gathered, his disciples gathered around Jesus and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They ask, there's three aspects to this question. They say, Lord, are you at this time now going to restore the kingdom to Israel, ethnic nation of Israel? That's the question. Actually, we're going to get into Romans 9. Paul's going to give us a little bit of insight to that as well. Here's Jesus' response to his, his disciples. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority, right? So are you at this time? He's like, don't worry about the time. You don't, don't, you don't have to worry about that. And then he's, but the day asked, Jesus, are you going to do this? And his response in verse 8 is, but you, <laughs> not me. I'm not doing this. You are doing this. You will receive the power of the Holy Spirit when he comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Israel Right? Are we going to restore Israel to, to this prominent position of power and authority uh, on, in this world as a political kingdom? And he says, no, 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 no. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That everyone is going to know who I am. That we now have the ability and the power of the Holy Spirit to go into that kingdom of darkness and trash the joint. That does not mean we raise some political flag. It doesn't mean we win physical wars to take territory to, to go into that kingdom, a physical kingdom of darkness. No, no, no. It is spiritual. And we go one soul at a time that has gone from death to life, from darkness to light. And we light that by the power of the Holy Spirit. Someone is saved. They, they, they're, they're ignited. And, and, and the kingdom of darkness cannot win. The kingdom of darkness has no chance to the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we are on mission generally for. But what I want to do in the meeting afterwards, and I, we got, we're going to send a link out to people that we know weren't here this morning uh, and get their feedback as well, and just say, hey, where, where are we at? And then we're going to put another team together and we're going to narrow it down. And so that in a couple, I mean, a month or two, have something way more concrete of like, hey, Hope Lower Town in 2024, this is our mission. This is what we're doing together. And I'm really excited about that. I really am. I'm very excited about that. So in gospel application, again, we are gospel and community on mission. I know it's super implied and based especially on, on community, but we do this together. All right, we're doing this together as a family. And you know what? Family is hard. So family fights, family argues, uh, a family is just weird sometimes, it's awkward. But what family does, what they should do a lot of times is that they can move past it. They can forgive each other. That you can say, wow, my brother is a complete moron, but I'm gonna help him again and again and again, and I'm gonna love him again and again and again because he's my brother. 
but we have something unique because we're not just, I, I, hey, I, I didn't get to pick my brother and my sister. Right? I didn't get to pick my parents. Would you have picked your parents if you could? Don't, let's, let's not talk about that. But you know what we do get to pick? We get to pick each other. We get to enter into a covenant together. But the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the word. And so we get to now this morning, as we always do at Lower Town, reflect on that blood of the covenant. We get to take and viscerally taste and remember Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made for us. We take the wafer that represents his body that was broken for us, the juice that represents his blood that was shed for us, the new covenant in his blood to say, I'm not just putting one nation, one ethnicity together that, is a, that are blood relatives. I'm taking all people from all time on mission together for me to go into the kingdom of darkness. That's, that's what Jesus did for us. He united us together to be a community, a gospel-centered community on mission. So we remember him. And so you don't need to be a member of this church or any church, but if you love Jesus, if you follow after Jesus, you've bent the knee to King Jesus, I would love for you to take these elements with us this morning as we reflect on that blood of the covenant in Jesus Christ together. And as we worship him, the worship team's gonna come. They're gonna play a few more uh, songs and uh, we will worship. And then as soon as we're done, I'll dismiss us and we'll go into the fireside room and we will get started with that family meeting. If you can't make it, I understand. Uh, but if you'd like the survey or anything, just talk to me, but I really would like it if you could stick around. So that is all. Let me pray. And then we will continue worshiping through communion. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just thank you for you. I thank you for uh, being a loving Heavenly Father, for being the great shepherd, uh, for having our best interest in mind. And so would you help us? Would you give us clarity? Would you give us wisdom? Would your spirit just be present with us now as we, as we discuss who, who are we as Hope Lower Town? Um, not just as a, as a location, uh, being uh, where our location is of our church, of being in Lower Town St. Paul. But what is it that you would have us to do? What are some gifts and unique desires and passions that you've put on all of our hearts that might unify us on mission together? Would that just be made evident and clear? Uh, give the elders of the church clarity as well as we pour over that data uh, that we would just honor you first and foremost, that you would be the one that's guiding the ship. You'd be the one directing the ship and we would just get on board and on mission with you. We love you and pray that you'd be honored now as we worship again through the taking of these elements and through the singing of these songs. And it's the name of your son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.